All right, everybody, welcome. <clears throat> there we go to the Thursday edition of Locked On NHL. Between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers, one of them is going to have their very first Stanley Cup ever. Of the teams who have not won one, who could be the next? Who's the next to say that we have won our first? We'll get to that and some other things here on the Thursday episode of Locked On NHL. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Chris Maselli from Locked On Lightning. He is Mr. Adam Denker. Thank you for tuning in and making it your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. If you're following on YouTube, you can see what we're going to be talking about Today, off to the uh, side on the rundown, we're going to get to those uh, signings by the Blackhawks and the Kings. Uh, We'll discuss that pretty big trade between the Blue Jackets and the Flyers. Uh, But where we want to start, we got to start with the the Stanley Cup, obviously. And a little bit different, like I said in the beginning, whoever wins this thing, and this is not over. I know this is kind of, do you feel that way? Do you feel like this is not over yet? I know a lot of people maybe are thinking the way that Vegas has won. um, The Panthers just can't hang. I just don't feel that way. I feel like the Panthers have have proven themselves with the the competition that they have beat that they, they, this is not over yet. What do you think? I don't know, man. I mean, game one, you know, we always kind of like to chalk it up as just getting those jitters out um mm-hmm. vegas has been here before off the top of my head i'm not sure how many players are left over from that that first stanley cup final team i would imagine there's a good amount uh and vegas probably none probably like get rid of guys like weekly <laughs> the equipment manager <laughs> and <laughs> when you look at florida kind of you know a, a good number of guys that have never really been there before but and and you know not saying that they don't deserve to be there, but it's also one of those things. Let's face it. This is a team that nobody expected to go this far. And I think that to a certain extent, probably they didn't. So, you know, maybe you sometimes don't mentally prepare yourself for that game two. I kind of figured that it was going to be a little bit closer Mm -hmm. and it just got worse from there. I felt like once Vegas, I believe it when Vegas, I believe at one point it was tied. Uh, maybe 2-2, two, two. maybe I'm thinking about the first game. But yeah. it was tied, and then once Vegas got that go-ahead goal, you just saw kind of the, the ice tip completely in favor of, of Vegas, and just Florida had no answers for them. As to whether or not it's over, I mean, I don't know. Optimist, I like to stay optimistic and say Florida still has a lot of fight in them. You know, you yeah. just don't go to the Stanley Cup final and roll over the way you did. You know, you just don't allow pittsburgh to lose one of their last two remaining games to get this far just to say you came this far chris (laughs) okay right and and just for for florida fans that are out there that are watching this or listening to this i'm fully rooting for the panthers and putting aside my rivalry yeah um but I i don't know i just feel like Vegas is just a bigger team, though. I, I, I mean, uh, you, you know, know Vegas sense. a lot more than I do, but I mean, yeah. when I look at the eye test, Vegas is just bigger. They just assert themselves better. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that could Other? all change in Game Three. So, yeah, I think overall Vegas is the the better team, 
but I didn't think it was going to be game one. Um, you know, with, with the time off with Florida, you, you thought that would play a role for a little bit. And they actually came out, looked pretty good. It wasn't until late yeah. where it seemed like they lost their legs, which was odd because it's almost like maybe they're not going to have legs in the beginning. It was kind of reverse, which is just weird. Um, but no, I think, you know, and we're recording this a couple hours before puck drop for game three. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but no matter what the outcome of this Stanley Cup final, one of these teams is going to get thrown back into this list as never having won one yet. And, you know, until one is crowned right now, there are 12 teams that have not won a Stanley Cup. So the team that does win, obviously, gets removed from this list. And we figured it would be kind of fun to try to guess on who's the next team to get themselves off of the never had won a Stanley Cup list. So here they are. You have Arizona, Columbus, Minnesota, Seattle, Winnipeg, Buffalo, Ottawa, Vancouver, San Jose, and Nashville. And yes, a handful of those teams have been to the Stanley Cup final. This is obviously teams who have never won one. So is there any that sticks out right at the top that, yep, maybe not next year, but relatively soon, I think this team, you can check them off of this list. I think the easy one to check off right away, Chris, is probably Seattle. I a, hmm. One of the biggest turn 180s that we've probably seen in quite some time from mm-hmm. year to year. Uh, a team that I, I just, I look at them, I thought they played very well. They just ran into a very good, I believe they, they lost to Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, just ran into a very good Dallas team. And I just feel like maybe they're like a piece or two away from just getting that extra depth. And I think their goaltending situation is pretty decent uh, to get them into a final and and definitely compete and possibly even win a cup. Um, As for the other teams, I don't know. I mean, a lot of these teams are kind of rebuilding or sort of in the middle. Um, Buffalo seems a little enticing. Yeah. Uh, but I look at Winnipeg. I don't know what's going on there. They're kind of like in no man's land for me. They disappointed <laughs> yeah. a lot of people this year. San Jose is rebuilding. Nashville, I don't think Nashville even knows what they want to do at this point. If they're rebuilding or still trying to get you know to that end goal. Arizona, <laughs> they may not even be in Arizona in the next two years. So <laughs> yeah. that's a whole other story. Right. <clears throat> Columbus. I like them on paper. It's it really all depends on if they could execute and if Mike Babcock doesn't you know alienate the entire organization. Big uh, F, big F, big F, exactly. Yeah. So a lot of question marks with them, but I do like I said, I do like Buffalo. Um, I I do like Seattle, Ottawa. They got to show me something. They're one of those mm-hmm. things. I think they kind of have to show me something. Get to the playoffs first, and then maybe we'll start talking cup. What about you, Chris? Well, I think the you know the easy answer is the team that doesn't win this. You can throw them, like, you know, <laughs> that's like, a that's a cop out. It's such a cop out. Uh, <laughs> but I, I mean, it's true. They're obviously two good teams. Um, so <clears throat> removing them, I like your argument with Seattle. I didn't really give them much of a look just because I just feel like uh, they're early. But you're right; like they did have a pretty good turnaround. I don't know. It, it, we got to see how these off seasons go, obviously. Um, 
could they make that next step? I don't know. The, the, they, they have, you know, if, when you're in the West for, for right now, you have some good teams that you have to compete with. It's true in the East too. I'm not, you know, but are they going to be better than those teams? Obviously Vegas isn't going anywhere. That, that That's a tough team that you have to get through. Um, and there's another team on this list um, in, in the West that I feel like is, is, could be a tough matchup for them. And that's Minnesota. I, you know, Minnesota struggles to get out of the first round right now, but yeah. they, you know, they, they try to put out the best possible team year. They're one of those teams that doesn't just phone it in, in the off season. They have like a front office that makes moves, makes signings to try to better the team. Doesn't always work out, but the moves that they are making is with the mindset of this will make us competitive. And they're, they're a tough team to face everyone. I mean, they go through their ups and downs and they go through, uh, you know, valleys during the regular season where you're like, ah, they're done. And then they come out of it and they're, they're yeah. playing much better. So if they can write that ship, just be more consistent um, and, bring in some guy. I'm sure like they're like everybody else where they, they have to have, make some pretty good signings and sign some guys, get some guys back. Um, I do. I think like they could be a pretty good opponent, but they, you know, are, are they better right now than the top teams in the West? No. So same thing with Seattle, really same thing with all these teams. It's like none of, I don't feel like any of these teams, this is going to happen. <sighs> Anytime soon, maybe Seattle, you, you kind of sold me on the Seattle thing, maybe them, uh, but you have to look at the teams that are kind of like on the upswing. Buffalo is on the upswing, but I don't think that's happened for another four years. Maybe I just think that they just have a, a long way to go to really be at the top of the East. The Sens, same thing with them. The Sharks, they're starting on the ground floor. Um, the Predators, I agree. I don't know. Like, it's like they head in the right direction and then nobody wants to play there and they don't want to get traded. And so if you're making me do a top three, I would say, man, I'm tr struggling because the top two for me are Minnesota and Seattle. And then the third team, uh, man, I'll say I'll, I'll put Nashville in there. Because I feel like everyone's how they do, you know, they, they when they have a good team, they have a really good team. Yeah. So that'll be my very, team. very good goaltender who I still yeah. think hasn't been I, I still don't think we've seen the best out of him. Mm -hmm. I still think there's more. If if I had to put a third, you're gonna have to highlight this team, put a huge question mark around it, and circle it twice with red pen. Because I think this offseason, depending on what happens with them, is definitely going to determine whether or not they even get remotely close to some sort of even a playoff run in the near future. And that's Winnipeg because there's all those rumors, Chris. I don't know if you've heard them, but there's yeah. some people talking that they may trade Hellebuck yeah. this offseason. But <laughs> I think that you don't have to do much with, with Winnipeg. I think maybe some pieces here and there. But if you have Hellebuck and you get into the playoffs, we could see sort of kind of like what we saw out of Florida. You know, with yeah. them, the only difference now is that Bravovsky hasn't really performed throughout the course of this huge contract that he's getting with Florida. And he's kind of gotten back to his old bad habits this this final series. 
But you get a guy like Hellebuck, who I think we could both agree is on top of his game in 45 days a year. I mean, you could very well win a Stanley Cup with that guy. Yeah, it's true. You got to look at, at, you know, who's there. Um, we'll see, though. It'd be, it'd be fun to watch so you can uh, maybe compete for their first victory. So uh, yeah. I, I don't I don't see any of this, you know, breaking down the walls anytime soon, but you never know. You make a good signing here and there and it, it brings you up the uh, the standing. So we'll wait and see. All right. Uh, we have a trade to talk about, which happened the other day uh, between the Blue Jackets and the Flyers. We will talk about that right after we talk about Game Time and the Game Time app. And buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. And Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over purchasing tickets and just get hyped for the fun you're about to have. What are some good things about the Game Time app? They have flash deals on last-minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every event in your area they have the images of your seat view which is fantastic they have a lowest price guarantee event cancellation protection and even job loss protection so download the game time app create an account use the code locked on nhl and get 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply once again create an account and redeem the code locked on nhl for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed so the Blue Jackets and the Flyers made a pretty big deal of a trade uh, in terms of heft. A lot went to one team here, and that's the Flyers. So just to revisit this, um, here we go. So the Blue Jackets got Ivan Provorov. The Kings got Hayden Hodgson, Hodgson and Kevin Connaughton. Um, and they kept 30%, I believe it was, uh, Provorov's deal. And the Flyers acquire Cal Peterson, Sean Walker, Helge Granz, Columbus's first round pick this year, their second round pick next year or in 25, and LA's second round pick next year. So they get three picks, a first and two seconds, and three players. What's your overall take on this deal? I think I was just as surprised as everyone when this deal broke. Um, just a very interesting trade for the Flyers who are. I don't I, I still don't know, Chris, if they're like selling or like what exactly is going on in Philly right now. Um, I, I mean, I, I, they're they're rebuilding and I think this is a great way to rebuild. Does you get bring... some young players, you get three draft right. picks, all of which are in the first or second round. So you, this is how you do it. You, you got to give up guys, you know, that uh, yeah. meant something to you. But uh, it really, it, I mean, is Provorov really, is he part of that rebuilding? I don't think so. So go do this. I, I, I'm, I like what Philly did here. I, I think they, they made out here. I'm more interested to see how this helps Columbus. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I don't know. They're, they're a team, like I said earlier, very good on paper, just when every everyone just doesn't come to the table during the regular season mm -hmm. um you know i had high hopes from this year with patrick line and johnny Grudeau. 
And I, I feel like also getting Provorov and, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like getting Provorov for Columbus is kind of correcting trading Seth Jones a couple of years ago. Uh, they need it. <laughs> yeah. It didn't help their team and uh, on the defense. Um, and, and I think Seth Jones is a, is a good defenseman. I, I don't no, think he very much is, you know I mean? I don't think he's worth what Chicago paid him. I think they overpaid for him, but um, yeah, I think you're kind of, you're plugging that hole that he left there. Definitely. And they, they need defense. They, yeah. they have to have defense. So, but is this the guy, is this the guy to, to, to kind of, like I said, plug that hole? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, it's, <laughs> I don't think he's the difference between finishing in a lottery spot and making the playoffs. No, I don't think so either. I don't. So I, it's, it's. I, it's I, something that they need. Yeah. But just. I, I just feel like, and maybe this is just me because with what Philly got back in return, I feel like, yeah, this is an interesting trade and, and kind of a interesting, like just trade to pick apart. And, you mm-hmm. know, we could maybe see later on in the season who actually won this. But I feel like the bigger story here really with this, and, and I feel like it's going to be in a couple of weeks is, you know, now that, Philly got Peterson in this deal. You know, what happens to Carter Hart? I mean, that probably is signaling some sort of trade, whether it be during the draft or. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, afterwards. you heard it that they are, are pretty active in that, that they are trying to make that happen, trying to facilitate a trade for him. And hey, man, like, if you're going to go down this road, go all, but you have, you can't do this year after year after year. Where you're, you're, then you become Arizona, where you're just <laughs> every year you're, you're, you're rebuilding. Like at, at some point, you need to say, like, okay, the rebuild starts here. And I'm sorry, guys. And I'm sorry, fan favorites. I'm not saying Proveroff was a fan favorite. Uh, maybe Carter Hart is a little bit more, but yeah. the guys that we can get things for, yeah, we got to go because this is how you, you, you could, if you get a, that much of a haul for Proveroff. What are you gonna get for Carter Hart? Yeah, I, so and, go and you, for it. Get get play. Get younger. Get prospects. Get picks. But it has to start now, and and you have to make those picks work. Yeah. And you can't do this year after year after year. You go all in on trading and and bringing in picks and prospects now, and let them develop. That's what you got to do. I I feel like though, looking at Columbus and Phillies rosters they're kind of in the same situation where well i mean you you said they were in a rebuild which i don't know i mean looking at this roster i still think philly is a very good team on paper kind Mm. of in the same boat as columbus you know now i'm starting to sway chris now i'm starting to sway into the realm of maybe philly maybe they won maybe they won this trade because now you're you could easily if everybody comes to the table next year uh, with Joel Farabee, Kevin Hayes, Owen Tippis, Scott Lawton, Sean Couturier, Travis Konechny, so on. It's, the list goes on. Yeah. And you get rid of Carter Hart and Cal Peterson is able to perform to because I liked how he played in L.A. You could make the playoffs. You could sneak mm. in. And on top of that, now you have draft picks. Yeah, that, that's that's the key right there. Yeah. Is, is getting draft picks. And now, now you have two first round picks. What are they picking? Like eight or nine? 
Don't they, like they have that, a top yeah. 10 pick? I think the top I, 10 pick. Now they got the 22nd pick. <clears throat> like, and, and this is a good, <clears throat> deep draft. This is a, you know, like at 22, you can get a, you can definitely get a player <clears throat> that will help you. Yeah. Not immediately, but maybe in a couple of years. But that is what you're planning for. Clearly, that's what you're doing here when you're you're making that deal and getting back what you got back. I, I'm like Danny Briere to me, like his first move was a good one. You're getting golf claps from me um, on that deal. And man, if you if you if you can pull that, um, I, I I shudder to think what they can get for for Carter Hart because you probably can pull in more. And man, if you're just going to load up on draft picks where you're you're getting first and second round picks. It's still going to take a couple years because those yeah. guys have to develop and get ready, but you are heading in the right direction. So it's it's going to be growing pains, and it's going to suck for, for Flyer fans. No, I don't think they're going to be touching the playoffs <laughs> next year. I, I I know not with the way the East is right now, no, but no. I mean, then again, who knows? Maybe Boston falls off a cliff this year. Yeah, but there's other teams – Ready to take that spot ahead of Philadelphia. Yeah, like Tampa Bay, and that's it. Um. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. So uh, we'll 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 see where this goes and what what other moves the Flyers have up their sleeve. But uh, if you ask me, I think it was a a, a good deal by them. Uh, a couple teams did make some signings, and that is the Blackhawks and the Kings. So we'll talk about those in a second. But first, we're going to hear from Bird Dogs and. We've been talking about these for a while. Are you wearing your bird dogs right now? I'm not, but I have, my, work, so. I have my Yeti somewhere around here. I think it's in my yes. work bag, but I take that thing everywhere. Chris, tell them how they can get a Yeti. You can get a Yeti. Well, first of all, let's talk about bird dogs and what they are. Bird dogs, I mean, they make you look good. I don't need to look any better than I am. I'm, I'm in my 40s. I don't care about how I look anymore. You, I mean, you're... New York City, born and raised. So you you got to walk around with style. Listen, when the sky is yellow and red like it was yesterday, <laughs> you, you got to look good. And <clears throat> bird dogs can make that happen. Bird dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Who doesn't want to be have a sculpted look? And bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better and they fit better than regular shorts that are made of stiff restricted cotton bird dogs fixed that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice on movement and they use the anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long even in that mars air in new york city <laughs> and uh, Mr. Denker mentioned that Yeti style tumbler. You can get that bad boy. You go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL, enter the promo code locked on NHL, and you get your shorts or your pants, whatever you ordered, and the free Yeti style tumbler with your order. Once again, birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We can guarantee you that. All right, last bit of stuff to get to. Uh, the, the signings, understandably so. The season's not officially over, um, with the exception of two teams. But for 30 teams and 30 fan bases, we're just waiting for <clears throat> the, the official start of the offseason. So 
signings can start happening and trades can start happening. Well, trades have happened, but more to you know notable trades yeah. <laughs> uh and ufa signings and everything but the chicago blackhawks and los angeles kings kings been active so far uh they did they they both made a couple of signings for the blackhawks uh it was andreas anthony zehu signed a two-year eight and a half million dollar contract and for the kings you have vladislav gravikov who signed a two-year, I just had the AAV in front of me. It's a 5.87 AAV. So multiply that by times two, and that's what he's got. So it's like 11 and change or something. Um, Did you think this does anything to those first couple signings? Everyone always looks at those if they're meaningful. I'm not saying like, you know, you're, you're guys that signed for a couple million dollars or something like that when you get like salaries like this and you always hear like, Oh, does that set the market? Do you think these two deals do anything to what the market is knowing that this cap is only going up by a million dollars next year? I hope, I hope it doesn't Mm -hmm. because there's, you know, at least for my lightning and I'm sure there's other teams as well. You know, a lot of teams are almost dreading the uh, UFA period to start because of, you know, some of the deals that may happen uh, over the course of the next couple of weeks and mm-hmm. months. And I like the Garakov signing. I think, you know, in today's NHL um, and not to go back and constantly talk about the lightning, but I think the last three Stanley cup runs prior to this year showed kind of like the formula, the, the way how you want to stack up on your, your third line forwards uh, your depth and and at the trade deadline, Garakov was one of the guys that a lot of teams were looking, trying to get Tampa Bay included. And these are the guys, you know, other than your superstars, I think in the long run, teams are going to prioritize and and pay. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like in a league now, you know, we were talking about the draft before how this year is going to be deep. I feel like personally, every year for the most part is very deep. I feel like in this league, you could kind of get away with the two goalie system, because, you know, there's a lot of talented goalies out there. There's a lot of talented defensemen out there, but it's really hard to find that depth forward, especially on a third line. And, and Garakov checks off the box for you. He could do a little bit of everything for you, but yep. especially play physical in today's very fast fit paced NHL. So I think we're going to start to see a trend at least, you know, we may not get two by five for every guy that comes into the free agency pool, but we may see something along the lines of that. We may see something where guys are going to prioritize money over short-term deals. Like you said, you know, that the cap will not go up that much, but in the coming, you know, nobody really wants to get locked into an eight-year contract when eventually your deal is going to look like you're getting underpaid. You mentioned nobody wants eight-year deals. Tell that to Montreal. Yeah. And Nicole Caulfield uh, signing uh, that, Man, that, I got to say that surprised me a little bit. Um, not the term. I mean, if you want to lock him up long term, obviously you have faith in the guy. Um, but the the dollar amount, I, I I mean, he's now he's almost near eight million dollars a year. Right. Yeah. Um, that one was a little bit of a surprise to me. So but but they I don't know, like it's not like they have a ton of money in the world. Like they're they're kind of. They're kind of up, up there, the yeah. 
So, um, but I, I, I was a little bit surprised at that. And, and Kyle and I talked about that on our show about, you know, does that set the the market for guys for, for RFAs uh, in, in his draft class? Yeah. Bo Byram is one of them. Um, and it's kind of a big question right now. And in, in, in what do the abs do with Bo Byram? Bridge him or go long term. Byram's looking at what Montreal did with, with, with Caulfield. And they're like, yeah, probably like, yeah, I want that. And you can't fault him for that. And I don't know where the avalanche sit on it. Uh, it, it could go either way, but knowing the avalanche, I just kind of get the vibe that they're going to want to lock him up long-term. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. The Anthony Zay who won, like, I think that's a pretty good deal for, for him. Uh, he was one of those guys that, Hey, I would have, I would have taken a shot on him. I, I think, I think, yeah. But I also feel like I didn't really think he wanted to go anywhere. I think he understands like that team having that number one pick. Uh, he, he probably wants to be front and center to see Connor Bedard do his thing and, and become what we all think he can become. Right. Don't fault him for wanting to be a part of that, even though it might be some growing pains for another year or two before you really start making some headway. Um, but then he needs to sign another deal because he only signed a, a two-year deal. So it's kind of like, right, and then he's a rest- unrestricted free agent again. So <clears throat> one of those things where it's like, I'll hang around for two more years, go draft this guy, go make some other moves. Uh, I'll be here along the way. And in two years, let's reevaluate and see where we're at. I think, I, think, I think you're going to see a lot of guys, Chris, in the, in the near future, kind of go the way of what we kind of saw from like, remember Thomas Vanek? Where it seemed as though he was on like a different team every two years, just signing these these very short contracts, uh, obviously for different reasons. But I, I think that's what we're at right now with the NHL. I think until we see significant movement, and to to kind of backtrack real quick with mm-hmm. your what your talk about Cole Caulfield, I just think that teams like like Montreal, teams like Dallas, they know that eventually these guys are going to be in the prime still of their careers when the cap does make some serious headway. Right. And they don't want to get stuck having to outbid another team where, you know what, let's give these guys the length because in the long run, as that cap continues to rise, as these guys continue to develop, I think we're going to see as those being absolute steals. And I think that's the way teams are kind of viewing it. I mean, going back Mm -hmm. to the lightning again, they did that with, Anthony Sorelli, they did that with Mikhail Sergachev. They did that with Nick Paul. You know, right now it's a little uncomfortable for teams like Tampa Bay, teams like Montreal up against the cap. But in the long run, you're going to make out like bandits. Well, that's what you do. Like you you lock him up long term with hopes that he turns into exactly what you're expecting him to be. And then when the cap goes up in a year now and, and, and if he has a let's say like in two years, he becomes exactly what you're expecting him to, to become. Yeah. Now you have six years of him at that number, and with the cap going up, looks like a bargain. Yeah, but the, it's a chance right now. It's a chance that you're taking and doing that because he has improved, but he's young, so you don't expect him to be where he's his full potential right now. You got to wait and see if that happens, and that's that's the risk reward that you're taking by by doing a long term deal. Because if he does, and I would expect him to to you know, fully develop into what they expect him to. Yeah. For, for six years, five or six years, you're getting him at that number when the cap seems to be going through the roof after next year. Yeah. So that's the game you play. That's the business. It's 
fun to watch. So, all right, we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, and enjoy By the time you're listening to this, maybe you've already watched game three. So hopefully it was enjoyable. Uh, and uh, we'll be back next week. Will the series be wrapped up by then? We shall see. Uh, and we'll have who knows what to talk about because the offseason maybe will be underway by then. We'll have some more moves to talk about. Until then, thank you for tuning in, making it your first listen of the day. We always appreciate that. And uh, he is Mr. Adam Denker from Locked on Lightning. I'm Chris Maselli from Locked on Avalanche. We'll see you guys next week.